0: Hi, welcome to In
1: Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. I'm Kelly. And I'm Savannah. Are you interested in learning about conspiracy theories, but you're way too lazy to research them yourself? So are we, but we're very generous and we're here to do the work for you. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy listening to everything from JFK's assassination to Demi Lovato's twin sister who's trapped in a basement. I'm Kelly of In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. I'm Savannah of In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. And this is In Cahoots with, <laughs> with Kelly and Savannah. Wow, good job. Good Thank unison. That, that was probably our best intro. Um, so today we are discussing the... general con-
0: please. please. We are
1: discussing the conspiracy theory that Walt Disney's dead body is frozen underneath Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yep. You, you, Kelly,
0: Kelly, uh, Kelly goes to Disneyland a lot.
1: Not Disneyland.
0: Disney World.
1: Yes. I would like everyone to know that I have a WAP, a Walt Disney World annual pass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, that's disgusting.
1: (laughs) It was on the Walt Disney World annual pass meme page. That is so funny. Also, if y'all want to see Boomers Fight, join that Facebook page. It is endlessly interesting. Do you have to ha- like do you have
0: to actually have a pass? No okay. you can just
1: like I think you have to answer like a question but I mean you don't actually have to have a pass. Is it
0: like a something in the only annual pass? this? <laughs> no, no
1: it's not but people are literally insane on that page I don't understand.
0: Because they have nothing better to do. No they don't like
1: Disney adults
0: are actually oh, the worst. Yeah Kelly's just a Disney millennial but she's not like a really bad. Like
1: parent. I only have like one pair of ears and like. <laughs> have you ever actually worn them? I wear them, but they give me a headache, and then <laughs> I take them off, so it's, like, not even worth it. That's so funny. Uh, and they're, like, the most basic ones, so. Who's
0: your favorite Disney character that you've met, and how many signatures do you have in your Disney signature book? I don't
1: really, like, care about meeting the characters. I'm more of a ride person. But we did
0: meet Goofy. Yeah.
1: That was actually my best character experience, because at the end of our photo, I told him that a Goofy movie is the best Disney movie, and he gave me a high five.
0: Goofy, that's really been your best work so far.
1: (laughs) Yeah, his only work. (laughs) His only
0: work. Um, Um, I I didn't meet Aladdin, but when I was little, um, I walked by Aladdin and he like looked at me, like he looked at me (laughs) and (laughs) said, "Hey there, little princess." And Jasmine was with him and was like, "Aladdin, stop looking at her." And Aladdin was like, oh my, I, oh my god, what? I wasn't, like, looking at her. And she was like, Aladdin, you always do this. And then they fought over me. That's not true. That's a lie. It's true. It's it's true that it's a lie, but, um. <laughs> That's fake news. <laughs> but it's true that he did say, hey there, little princess, and he did wink at me. He did wink. He winked with one eye.
1: How old were you at this point? Um, like. <laughs> yeah he wasn't like hitting on you he was doing his job <laughs> he was shirtless you <laughs> <laughs> have nipples though yeah he did oh, get that wasn't aladdin. Was aladdin where are aladdin's nipples you guys <laughs> okay okay. <Enough> <laughs> <laughs> okay so our sources are wikipedia of course um a biography.com article by david blatley i think it's Blatty, not Blatly, Blatty. Short for Bladder. Mashable, Snopes, and HowStuffWorks.com. Let's get a little background info on good old Walt.
0: Walt! Did you ever watch Lost? No. Oh. Walt! If you guys watch Lost, you'll get that. i <laughs> friends. Okay, sorry. So, Walter and Elias Disney was born on December 5th, 1905 in Dang. Chicago, Illinois. His father was Elias Disney, an Irish-Canadian. His mother was Flora Disney, and she was German-American. So he was a good old mix of different things. (laughs) Um, Most of his childhood was spent in Marceline? I'm going to... Marceline, I butchered that, whatever it was, in Missouri, where he spent a lot of time drawing and painting and selling pictures to his neighbors and friends. Um, And then in 1911, they moved to Kansas City. I'm assuming Missouri, not Kansas. Um, where Disney developed a love for trains. Um, And in fact, his uncle, Mike Martin, was a train engineer who worked the route between Fort Madison, Iowa, and their town that begins with an M that I can't pronounce. Marceline. Uh, (laughs) Markline. So then later, Disney actually would um, ultimately work a summer job with the railroad, selling snacks and like newspapers and stuff. He's a railroad man. Um, He attended McKinley High School in Chicago, where he took Drawing and photography classes and was a contributing cartoonist for the school paper and then he actually took like Art courses at the Art Institute of Chicago Mm. When he was 16 he dropped out of high school to join the army, but was rejected for being underage because you have to be 18 to join the army
1: Was this for World War one? I'm assuming
0: Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well, he didn't get drafted clearly Because he was too young. Yeah. So instead, he didn't go back to high school but he joined the Red Cross and he was sent to France for a year to drive an ambulance. Um, So then when he came back he moved to Kansas City to pursue a career as a newspaper artist. Um, His brother Roy got him a job at the Pessman Rubin Art Studio where he met cartoonist Oob Ert (laughs) Ewerks. What? (laughs) Better known as Oob (laughs) Ewerks and Oob Ewerks is actually the Man who created Mickey Mouse, ultimately.
1: That, oh, so we'll Walt get there. didn't draw Mickey Mouse? It was this herb guy? It was. Ub guy? <laughs> Oob. Oop. I di-
0: I- Oob sounds more likely than Ub. Uh, I don't okay, know. Okay, yeah, you're right. Mystery works. Um, <laughs> or I works. I truly don't know. I works. I like uh, I, I works. Like I, I like I-Works. It sounds more. I'm assuming he's German. I don't really know. Um, so from there, Disney worked at the Kansas City Film Ad Company where he made commercials. He decided to open his own animation business. And he recruited a man named Fred Harmon as his first employee from the ad business where he left. Um, and so Disney and Harmon made a deal with a local Kansas City theater to screen their cartoons, which they called Laugh-O-Grams. Aww. Cute name. Um, the cartoons were hugely popular, and Disney was able to acquire his own studio, upon which he bestowed the same name. Disney. No, laugh a Oh, okay. <laughs> Not his name, the same name. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, so laugh a gram hired a number of employees, including E-Works and Harmon's brother, Hugh. Uh, they did a series of seven-minute fairy tales that combined both live action and animation, which they called Alice in Cartoonland. But by 1923, the studio became burdened with debt, and Disney was forced to declare bankruptcy. And he hold on Michael Scott, and he said, I declare bankruptcy! And then they were bankrupt. I abrupt. didn't say it, I declared it. I declared it. it. Um, so Disney and his brother Roy moved to Hollywood with Oob.
1: Hollywood, Florida, or California?
0: What do you think, California? <laughs> Florida, obviously, the capital of the movers. Cal, you really think your own joke is pretty funny there, huh?
1: I just cracked myself up. <laughs> <Okay>, clearly.
0: Um... <laughs> So they moved to Hollywood, California, with Oob into <laughs> 1923, and there the three began the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio.
1: I bet Oob was like, "What the heck? <laughs> Where <laughs> am I in this?" It's not the Disney slash Oob <laughs> Brothers Cartoon Studio. It definitely wouldn't have been as
0: popular. <laughs> Probably not. So the company soon changed its name to Walt Disney Studios at Roy's suggestion. Dang. Why was Roy not like? Let's call it Roy
1: Disney Studios. I feel like Walt is just more of a, like, like a hardcore name. Yeah, hey, I'm, Walt's
0: I'm, so hardcore, no, not Kelly. hardcore.
1: I just feel like it, like, it's, it's more a, magical. It feels like it's an established, like, there's presence with the world, with the word Walt. You know what I mean? But maybe that's just because it is Walt. Yeah, I,
0: I don't think so in general. Do you I know any Walt's
1: or Walters? I mean, no, it's a very old name. I'm going to name my firstborn
0: child Walt, whether it's a boy or a girl.
1: walt well, the for Walter. a girl. <laughs> okay.
0: In 1925, Disney hired an ink and paint artist named Lillian Bounds, and he married her. So that's who he married. <laughs> Message business with pleasure. <laughs> <her>. <laughs> yeah, don't date your employees, guys. It's dangerous territory. Except this time, when it really worked out, and they had two children, Diane and, uh, well, actually, they only gave birth to Diane. They were their. She was their only biological daughter, and then they adopted Sharon. Shortly after her birth. Aww. Um, so. In December 1939, a new campus for Walt Disney Animation Studios was opened in Burbank. Um, but in 1941, a setback for the company occurred when Disney animators went on strike. I wonder what they went on strike for.
1: Well, it was a strike right before World War- or, like, this was- like, I don't think we were in the war yet. But, like, World War II, I think, was going on.
0: Probably just weren't giving them enough snacks at work.
1: Maybe. Um, They wouldn't let them bring their dogs to work.
0: (laughs) I would strike over that. (laughs) Um, So a lot of them resigned. And it took years for the company to recover. Weren't doing too hot. So, but then one of... Disney Studios' most popular cartoons, Flowers and Trees, from 1932, was the first to be produced in color and was the first to win an Oscar. Mm. Um, And then in 1933, The Three Little Pigs and its title song, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, became a theme for the country in the midst of the Great Depression. Disney's first successful film starring Mickey Mouse was a sound and music equipped animated short called Steamboat Willie, Mm. which they still play at the beginning of... Not still, but like, they play it at the beginning of Mm -hmm. Disney movies. Kind of goes like that. But he's mm-hmm. whistling, but I can't whistle, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. It opened at the Colony Theater in New York, November 18th, 1928. Wow, we're really going on a roller coaster of the up and down with the years here. Yeah. So. Sorry, that's not in order. Um, sound had just made its way into film, and Disney was the voice of Mickey, a character he had developed, but it was drawn by Oob Ewerks. And it was an instant sensation. I, didn't, I don't think I realized that Disney was the voice of Mickey.
1: I don't think I knew that either. So, that's a fun fact. Mm-hmm.
0: The Disney Brothers, their wives and Eworks produced two earlier silent animated shorts starring Mickey Mouse, Plain Crazy and The Gallopin' Gaucho out of necessity. The team had discovered that Disney's New York, distributor Mar- New York distributor, Margaret Winkler and her husband Charles Mintz had stolen the rights to the character Oswald and all of Disney's animators except for Eworks. The two earliest Mickey Mouse films failed to find distribution as sound was already revolutionizing the movie industry.
1: Oh, I remember this. They stole Oswald. Which have you ever seen like the the Oswald character? Is it a octopus? No, oh, it mm-hmm. kind of looks like Mickey Mouse. It just has like longer ears. Mm-mm. I think it's it, it very much is like the next pro- progression into Mickey. Oh. But well, these people they stole, stole it the, from
0: the wrong mouse.
1: Mm-hmm. They um, really did.
0: <laughs> So, in 1929, Disney created Silly Symphonies featuring Mickey's newly creative friends, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, and Pluto. Which, Goofy? Goofy and Pluto are both dogs, but Goofy owns Pluto. And you just need to sit and that. No, Mickey about that. owns Pluto. Well, either way, he's friends with a dog and he also owns a dog.
1: That's weird.
0: He picks up one dog's shit. Are we sure Goofy? <laughs> and he does not pick up Goofy's shit.
1: <laughs> Goofy picks up his own shit. <laughs> Are we sure Goofy's a dog, though? He doesn't really look what, like a dog What else would he be? I don't know. I think it doesn't matter. Yes. Keep going. Okay.
0: Disney produced more than 100 feature films. His first full-length animated film was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which premiered in L.A. On, in 1937. It produced an unimaginable one no, almost $1.5 million in spite of the Great Depression. That's crazy. And it won eight Oscars. Um, And that led Walt Disney Studios to complete another string of full-length animated films over the next five years. Um, His last major success that he produced himself before he died was Mary Poppins, which came out in 1964, and it mixed live action with animation. Mm -hmm. First Disneyland theme park, costing $17 million, opened July 17th. I didn't write down a year. (laughs) So stupid. It was like... It It was was like the 60s. 50s or 60s, yeah. Yeah, Um, In Anaheim, California, on what was once an Orange Grove. Um, It was televised. It was anchored in part by future president Ronald Reagan Hmm. when he was just just an actor. Um, So, it actually was a disaster, the the grand opening. Mm -hmm. Um, Only 6,000 tickets were issued, but many people had bought forged tickets, so the estimated attendance was over 28,000 people which was way more than the venue you could actually handle. It was super hot, so the tarmac that they had just, yeah. like, melted. Uh, a plumber strike forced Disney to choose between functioning toilets or water fountains.
1: I hope they chose toilets.
0: I hope they chose toilets, too. Disney chose toilets. Okay, there. Um, some suspected the lack of water was a ploy to sell more Pepsi, who was a major sponsor of the park. Food ran out quickly, and a gas leak closed part of the park in the afternoon. Um, but, despite all this... Uh, very shortly, the park had increased its investment tenfold and was entertaining tourists from around the world. Yeah, and um, it's been a success ever since. And now they have three to four locations. They've got the California no, there's like six. Oh, so wait, they've got California. They got Orlando, Paris. They
1: got, oh, Paris, China, Hong Kong. They have Shanghai and Hong Kong in oh, wow. China, and then they have Japan. Oh, wow! And each each location has at least two parks. Um, how similar are the parks? Do you know? Yeah, I mean a lot of them, like all of them have like a version of Space Mountain, a version of Pirates of the Caribbean. Do they all
0: have Cinderella's Castle?
1: They all have a castle, and it's not necessarily Cinderella's oh. Castle. But like the other the second park in in Japan is called Disney Sea, like S E A, and so it's like uh the Is it a water park? It's not a water park, but the design is based on like famous waterways. So there's like a Venice area, there's like uh. Um, like a beach area, it's just, it looks really cool. That's so cool. If you guys are interested in Disney stuff, um, y'all should watch the Imagineering documentary on Disney Plus, because it goes way more into Walt's life, and it talks about all the parks, and it's really interesting for a Disney nerd
0: like myself. And if you're not interested in Disney stuff, watch The Mandalorian! (laughs) (laughs) The
1: Mandalorian is good. Okay. But, yeah, I learned a lot watching The Imagineering, and it talks about, obviously, how the parks were made, and... Like, it was so good. Anyway. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, this is where we're going to get into the conspiracy. So, December 5th, 1960s... sixty. Fifteen. <laughs> Sorry. December 15th, 1966, Walt died from complications with lung cancer. I think he was a pretty heavy smoker. Oh, really? I think so. Everyone was a heavy smoker
0: That's then. true. I don't know why I'm surprised.
1: Um, and so, a private funeral was held for him the next day. So that was December 16th. And then on December 17th, his body was cremated and interred at...
0: Cremated, allegedly. Yeah,
1: allegedly, quote unquote. um, And interred at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. So after his death, rumors began to circulate that his body was suspended in a frozen state and buried deep under the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland in Anaheim, California. I wish
0: he was in Orlando. Yeah, That'd but that's the something. original
1: part. I know it makes me. It wouldn't
0: make sense. Also,
1: parts of the Caribbean ride came before the movies. That
0: is so weird. Yeah,
1: so they basically made the movies based off this ride. But then they
0: put in the in, like the animatronic guy that looks just like Johnny Depp after, after the movie. Yeah, after the movie. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was before? Yeah. Oh my god. That would <laughs> really be like, wait, we found this actor that looks just like yeah. the robot. <laughs> we have
1: to cast him. <laughs> um. Yeah. So his body's underneath. The Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and he is waiting for the day that medical technology can reanimate him. He'll be waiting a long time. Yeah. So the rumors of this, um, or the origins of this rumor, are a little uncertain. So this first appeared in print in a 1969 article, and in this article, a Disney executive said that this rumor could be attributed to a group of disgruntled makers seeking to have a laugh at um, Walt Disney's expense. So I don't know how popular he was with his employees.
0: I'd love to know because, well, a bunch of them went on strike early on. Yeah, I
1: think he was just, like, I would never want to work at Disney. I think they're, like, workaholics. They work all the time. So I think he expected a lot out of them.
0: Yeah, I could see him, like, being a good man, but, like, a hard boss like yeah. he just
1: is so ambitious clearly. yeah I think it was that I think and that he they just want everyone to work as hard as he yeah did. I think it wasn't a very good work-life balance yeah. but I also think he was very involved with a lot of things so it wasn't just like his he expected them to work he also worked very right. really hard as yeah. well the documentary talks about all of this okay <laughs> okay so um There's a lot of secrecy surrounding Disney's death and his burial is evidence of this theory. So news of his passing was intentionally delayed in order to give his handlers. So this is the conspiracy that news of his passing was intentionally delayed in order to give his handlers time to place his body in a cryonic, cryonic, cryonic suspension. And his funeral and the location of his burial plot have been kept a secret to this day, which people believe it's to um, cover the truth. Of that, he's actually buried underneath Disneyland. Um, and he also had a lifelong interest in the future, which kind of fueled these rumors. So he was very much into like innovation and thinking about tomorrow. Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. And um, the project Epcot, which um, stood for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Did you know that? Yeah, they talk about it in the documentary.
0: Oh, can you tell me more? Like, what does that mean? Because I, so I thought it was just, like, around the world.
1: Yeah, so I think his original intention for this park was to make it so, like, people actually lived there. And, like, oh it gosh. was just this, like, futuristic experiment. But, obviously, it didn't get like that. Yeah. And, but I feel like Epcot is a lot about, like, innovation and future and... Like, I thought it was just about
0: getting wasted on expensive well, wine from every country. But, like,
1: Mission mission Space is very much like... Mm, yeah. Or not Mission Space, Spaceship Earth, which is the one in the ball, is very much like, this is what the future could be like in 20 years. And Test Track. Yeah. Test Track. <laughs> <laughs> and <Soarin. laughs> um, And he also created a lot of technical innovations throughout his career. So he was, yeah. like, all the animatronics that they did were, like, way advanced for the time Uh, yeah so there are two biographies written about him one was by leonard mosley and one was by mark elliott um and that claimed that he had an obsession with death cryonics and another thing that fueled this rumor was that a times article had just come out about the cryonic freezing of another of another man so i think at this time everyone was like cryonics which like you don't hear about now yeah it's weird okay so I'm gonna talk a little bit about the cryonic freezing of this other man because I found it super interesting.
0: And it was actually and this burned. is actually true, yeah. yeah.
1: So this man was named James Bedford. He was an American psychology professor at the University of California, um, and he was the first person whose body was cry, cry, crypo, cry
0: cryo, 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 cryo
1: preserved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after his legal death and <laughs> what kind of death is no, illegal? No, I get that. I get into that. Legal um, death and like actual death. There's like a difference. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, illegal, I would guess is you were murdered, but I don't think that's No, no, no. Actually... Legal. And I mean, illegal would be you're murdered. was it, not legal illegal. legal is it's, you
1: die of natural causes. It's legal and actual. Oh, okay, sorry. I don't know why I'm,
0: like, speculating you're going to tell me,
1: so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stop it. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Just shut up and (laughs) listen. You said my (laughs) lunch You Throw away the key. What was that, like, podcast on, like, the um, Princess Diaries? It was, like, shut up and listen. Yes, we should be this (laughs) shut up and listen. Yeah. Okay. Um, Blah, blah. Okay, so Bedford had... Shut up and listen. Bedford had kidney cancer um, that later moved to his lungs, which caused his death. And in his will, he left $100,000 to cryonics research. So, Bedford's body was frozen for a few hours after his death, um, and his body was preserved by Robert Prehuda and Dr. Dante Brunel and Robert Nelson. So, his body, after he died, was injected with a solution 15% dimethyl. Oh, I can't wait for you to try to pronounce all this. <laughs> sulf- sulfoxide, an 85% ringer solution, a compound which was thought to be useful for long-term cryogenics. Um, But this turned out isn't wasn't very useful, so it is very unlikely that his brain was actually protected using. I don't know estuctions. how you would,
0: yeah, like get your brain function back even if you were.
1: I kind of get into <sighs> that a little bit because okay. I think it's more advanced than it was. This was in the sixties,
0: and it's like your the whole hope is like, yeah, we do this now, and then by the like one day we'll be advanced enough to like rethaw yeah, me. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's... Yeah. that's a lot of hope on the future of technology.
1: But, I mean I guess this would be into a religion debate but like would it be your same soul like in your body? Yeah.
0: It's no it, yeah. it's not. I don't think yeah. it's possible or ethical probably.
1: Anyway. Because then it's like yeah I don't know. Okay so anyway so his body has been just around this country. What? <laughs> so his body at first was stored at I, Edwards Hope Cryco Care facility there's in a Phoenix. There's a Cryo okay, Care, what? Oh, there's a lot. That's how, like, people do this, is they join a facility, like a cryo. Like, this is a thing? Like- yes, it's a thing.
0: I get What?
1: I didn't do it, don't worry. Okay, so he's in Phoenix, Arizona for two years, and then in 1969, they moved him to a facility in California. And then from California, uh, they moved, so they moved him to a facility in Galiso, Gallis- and then in 1973, they moved him to a facility in Berkeley, California. And then in 1977, his body was moved and stored by his son for many years. Can you like imagine? in his basement? Probably. Can you imagine being like, yeah, dad's in the in the basement. Oh, right? God, I gotta go, get, gotta go get something from the basement. Yeah. Hey, dad, what's up? Can you imagine telling your wife, hey, honey, is it okay if I store my dad in the basement for?" Well, first? what if you're, like, dating yeah. You're
0: like, <laughs> hey, so, yeah... So I do live with my dad. No, he's he's not alive, he's actually. He's frozen in my basement.
1: Yeah. So his body... So it's not as weird as it sounds. <laughs> so his body was um, maintained in liquid nitrogen um, at his son's Southern California house until 1982. And then it was moved to Alcor Life Extension Foundation, which is... I don't know where that is right now. It doesn't matter. Sounds like it might be in California. Yeah, it's probably in California. And that's where it is currently. So in May 1991, they um, evaluated his body's condition, and the examiners concluded that, quote, it seems likely that his external temperature has remained at relatively sub-zero temperatures throughout its internal storage. So that's probably good. That's, like, pretty impressive that they were able to do that with the amount of times they moved him. Yeah. Yeah. And the date of his cryo-preservation is January 12th and is now known as James Bedford Day and celebrated every year.
0: By whom? His family. (laughs) I'm going to request the January 12th of this year and say, oh, you're not celebrating James (laughs)
1: James Bedford (laughs) Day? Okay, so we're going to get a little bit into the science of this. I hope that it makes sense. We'll see. Okay, so in 1964, Robert Ettinger published a page about freezing human beings for the purpose of bringing them back to life. And this sparked... Wait, when did Disney die? What year? 1966. Okay, good. Interesting timing. Yeah, exactly. Um, So this sparked the development of large cryonics industry in the U.S. And there's a bunch of companies that offer their clients the opportunity to have their bodies placed in large metal tanks in a state of deep freeze known as... Cryostasis. Cryostasis. Cryostasis, for the purpose of being restored to life with complete physical and mental health at a theoretical point in the future when medical science is advanced enough to do so. When do you think that's going to be? I think the human race will be ended before that. Probably, we'll be living on Mars. Yeah, and and forget about. Oh my God! I left my dad in my basement.
0: (laughs) Sorry, Dad. Oops. (laughs) And now a word from our sponsors, which
1: by now you may have realized don't exist. Take it away, Kelly. Hey dudes, you buff boys, you manly men, you grizzly guys. Do you ever just want to like paint your nails? (laughs) But your masculinity is too fragile and you're too scared. Your pals will make fun of you. Introducing nail polish (laughs) for men. (laughs) Afraid people won't take you seriously with nail polish with names like ballet slippers or pinking of you. Why not paint your nails with Killmonger Extreme? and mass anarchy, or try our newest color called swag. (laughs) Now you can show off your nails with pride. Your friends will ask you, whoa, bro, is that nail polish? What are you wearing? Fiesta red. And you'll calmly smirk and reply, actually, it's blood massacre 3000, you uncultured swine. And your friends will be like, whoa, dude, mad respect. That's dope. I'm sorry for disrespecting you and your masculinity. Order now. (laughs) Okay, so what is cryonics? So, it's the practice of preserving human bodies in extremely cold temperatures with the hopes of reviving them. The idea is that if someone died from a disease that is incurable today, they can be quote unquote frozen and then revived in the future when a cure has been discovered.
0: That sounds like they need to be frozen before they die. Like, the fact that you're frozen after you die makes no sense. Like, if you're be- frozen before you die, I understand, like, maybe you Well, your be body reanimated. still
1: functions a little bit even after you die. But, Not like your like, heart, but like... Uh, yeah, like, I just don't... I don't
0: understand... Like, I feel like there's sci-fi novels about, like, people being frozen before they die and then they're, like, reanimated because they never died. So you can, like, be reanimated and, like, thawed, but... Every
1: time you say reanimated, I just think, like, animation. No, like, reanimated... I like, know, but it doesn't...
0: Sound okay, whatever. Me. But but like the fact that your heart stops beating and your brain stops functioning. Like if if we have the if we have the technology in the future, they say to do that, that your brain
1: functions like for a certain amount of time after you die, though. Like not, how long? Like you know minutes? how like when like a lizard's tail falls off, but the like tail still moves when it's yeah. not attached to the lizard body. I think it's like that. Like I don't think it's very long. But but I still don't think that's an answer for
0: because if if we someday have the technology to like literally bring people back to life then we're immortal. Like freezing has nothing to do with it. I yeah, don't it's think great we're for we're
1: going to have the technology So to these do people this.
0: so you don't think these people will ever be I don't, life? No, yeah, I
1: don't personally no. but I mean I'm, I'm obviously not researching this stuff so I don't know. You're really not a know. cryo cryonics believer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a person preserved is said to be in cryonic suspension. Okay, so here's an example to help understand this technology. So, people you might have heard stories of people who have like fallen into an icy lake and been submerged in the frigid water but they're able to be rescued and revived so basically the survivors are able to survive in this icy water is because the water puts their body into this like suspended animation which slows down their metabolism and their brain functions to the point where they don't really need oxygen so that's how they
0: were already alive like they they yeah they were alive yeah you're So right. it just seems like for this to actually make sense you'd have to do it before you die
1: yeah right i mean maybe
0: I think that's the most. I think I should. Yeah. Be, I think I should be frozen tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just in case.
1: Okay, so people who undergo this procedure must be legally dead. Quote, quote, unquote, legally dead. So I think that's for legal purposes. They can't do this to an alive person.
0: Right. That's murder, basically. Right. But yeah. I wonder
1: if, like, the person was like, "Yeah, I could do it in right now." Would that be? That that's like physician's assisted suicide. Yeah, that's. What which I is legal some places. So. Yeah. Okay, so according to scientists who perform cryonics. Quote unquote, legally dead is not the same as, quote, totally dead. So I told you there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Okay, so totally dead is the point where all brain function stops. But legally dead occurs when the heart stops beating, but you still have some cellular brain function. So, like I said, their brain works. Okay, so that makes
0: sense. Like that Mm -hmm. seems like there's some hope that you could essentially. So chronic
1: preserves the little cell function that remains theoretically. Yeah. So the person can be resuscitated in the future. I still think it would be best to do it when you're honestly at your peak. I think like right after you die, though, they like are like, "Let's go." You know? Yeah. They come right away. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get placed in a cryonics suspension? So first you have to join a cryonics facility and pay an annual membership fee, about $400 a year. That's how much some dog parks cost to be part of, so. (laughs) I
0: hate hate
1: (laughs) this, I hate America. (laughs) Just kidding, I love America. Um, Okay, when you are pronounced, quote, legally dead, an emergency response team comes from the facility. I think they come like super quick. And the team stabilizes your body, and they supply your brain with enough oxygen and blood to preserve minimal function. That's,
0: okay, sorry. Just going back to, like, the team comes real quick, and it's like, let's grab him. Like, that, is this, this is legal, obviously, right? Yeah. But it just seems like they're trying to get there before the, (laughs) before the, um, what's the person that does, like, autopsies and stuff? An, an, An
1: autopsy person? (laughs) <laughs> an autopsicist no who's oh
0: gosh what's the name of the people a coroner like, a coroner yeah seems like they're like oh we gotta get there before the coroner comes and well the they do go like, to a coroner exactly so yeah. they're like we gotta get him before the coroner takes him uh, away oh
1: no I think and the coroner gets there and he's like oh my god where is I he I think in his will he has no, like yeah. the cryonic. that's what you'd have to do they have to get there so
0: fast though I feel like to,
1: to maintain brain probably yeah, yeah. okay Okay, so they give you oxygen and then they transport you to the suspension facility. So once you get oh, so while you travel, your body is packed in ice and injected with heropin, which is an anticoagulant, to prevent your blood from clotting. I think I said that right. Coagulant. Yeah. Anticoagulant. So once you are transported to the cryonics facility, you they the freezing process begins. So once you get there, they remove the water from your cells and replace it with a glycerol-based chemical mixture called cryoprotectant, and it's kind of like a human antifreeze. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so the goal is to protect the organs and tissue from forming ice crystals at extremely low temperatures.
0: I actually, sorry, I just listened to an episode of Criminal about a guy who they, this coroner, found this guy's body, and he had, basically he knew he was going to die of, like, frost Frostbite? No, um, what's it called when you actually die?
1: Hypothermia?
0: Hypothermia. He knew he was gonna, he was, like, in a really cold. So, he literally, like, drank antifreeze. Did it work? Yeah, like, it worked for a time. And then he ultimately died from drinking antifreeze.
1: How long did he stay alive, though? I don't, I'm not sure.
0: But, like, it looked, like, they could tell from his, like, from the autopsy that he had, essentially like which is impossible in most cases, but had essentially like gotten hypothermia multiple times, but like not died from it. But then he died from the antifreeze. But he like kept himself
1: alive for a while. Like so how like a month or a year? No,
0: no no. Like I don't know. I would say not a year. Uh I don't know. More like a month probably. I literally don't know. <laughs> exactly. You're like, I to know
1: that anyway. Yeah. Just okay. might as well freeze yourself now. <laughs> okay, so they do this to protect the organs and tissues from forming ice crystals. Okay. So once the water in your body is replaced with the human antifreeze. Your body is cooled in a bed of ice until it reaches negative 202 Fahrenheit. That's that's temperature chilly. you're supposed
0: to sleep at to have it's a good night's sleep. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, so the next step is they insert your body into an individual container that is then placed into a large metal tank filled with liquid nitrogen at a temperature of about negative 320 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. And your body is stored head down so that if there's a leak, your brain would stay submerged. So I think the brain is the whole, like, yeah, the main part. Yeah, maintain the brain. Yeah. Okay, so cryonics obviously isn't cheap. It can cost up to uh, $150,000 to have your whole body preserved. And I'm assuming you pay that before you die. Yes. But then that's in addition to the $400 a year if you go to yeah. the club. So just join the club, like, when you think you're about to die. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Do you, like get any special perks
0: in this club like a uh, spa day or like probably not. they probably me? just
1: do it so you can like hold your spot
0: because yeah. they probably can't
1: do this with a lot of people yeah there wouldn't be enough room for all the dead bodies well i mean um,
0: it's called a graveyard there's got to be room for dead bodies for everyone on the planet
1: well people get cremated okay um but if you want to save a little, uh, save a little money, <laughs> you can just get your head preserved for around fifty thousand dollars. But what's the po- point of that? How do you
0: survive as just a head?
1: I'm assuming they would do a brain transplant and transplant your brain into a body. Oh, like in Get Out. Yeah. Have you seen Get Out? No. Oh. Now you just spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> I knew that um, happened though. Um, there was some movie where like this girl got a brain transplant and fell in love with like the guy that the brain was from's fiancé or something oh, like that. Like, it was a hallmark movie. Probably. <Just kidding. laughs> um,
0: th- that's so funny, too, because I feel like with this Disney conspiracy, I always heard that it was just his head. Right? Didn't you always think it was his
1: head, not his whole body? Yeah, but I think that's just, like... To make it more interesting. Yeah. I, f- I mean Disney could spring for the whole body. Let's be I real. I mean I think he got the, yeah. he got the cash. Um, okay, so apparently hundreds of people are are being held at cryotosis facilities. No. Cryostasis. <laughs> Cryostasis facilities around the country, and thousands have arrangements for after their death. So it's like people are like doing it. Oh, that's crazy. And I pal- feel like the Kardashians would do that. Yeah, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most probably famous person to have this done is a guy named Ted Williams, who's a baseball legend, and he um, died in two thousand four, and he has been placed in cryostasis.
0: Wow, when we reanimate him, I can't wait to ask him what it was like. What if your What if your conscience? What if your
1: con? What
0: if you can't get into heaven?
1: But what if you're gonna I go to feel like hell this then, whole like kritosis thing is a huge religious debate, like what if it's purgatory?
0: What but if like
1: man-made purgatory? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but seriously, what if like
0: you're consci- conscious through the what whole thing? What if you're not,
1: but when you when you get when you wake up, they wake you up, you like remember it.
0: But what you would just remember like what yeah, like being in like
1: intense physical pain or just you like, were so
0: cold what if you were li- yeah what if you were just a consciousness for thousands and thousands of years and you just had to be alone with your thoughts but you couldn't do anything with your body because you didn't basically have one
1: but like you're when you
0: you'd be so smart you'd be so okay, wise this is
1: just like but like when you die you're i believe that like your soul would leave your body so there would be nothing in your body to think about like that would think
0: okay say so your soul stays in your body because god's not letting you in if you're in Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you still die <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) This isn't a religious podcast. (laughs) We should make it (laughs) one.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's my turn. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, I feel like this is just a lot of stuff, but we'll just whatever. So, remember remember those books that that talked about the kind? They were kind of. I remember them. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were the ones that kind of circulated this rumor that Disney was cryogenically frozen. So um, they're, they're kind of recent, actually. They came out a while after he died. So one was from 1986. It was called Disney's World by Robert Mosley. And then Mark Elliott wrote one in 1993 called Walt Disney. Dash, Hollywood's Dark Prince. Oh, no. (laughs) Sounds like an adventure movie. It does. (laughs) Walt Disney, The Dark Prince. Okay. Both books have been largely discredited for containing numerous factual errors and undocumented assertions, um, which makes them untrustworthy sources Mm -hmm. uh, for this cryogenics um, conspiracy. But we're going to talk about them as if they're trustworthy instead. So, Elliot's biography, which it kind of just like unrelentingly dwells on every single you know, dramatic incident and rumor connected with Disney's name, and so it's kind of easy to dismiss, but, um, charitably described as speculative, it contains a single passage concerning Walt Disney's alleged interest in cryonics. It says, Disney's growing preoccupation with his own mortality also led him to explore the science of cryogenics, the freezing of an aging or ill person, blah, 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 we know what it is. Um, Disney often mused to Roy, his brother, about the notion of perhaps having himself frozen, an idea which received dot dot dot
1: indulgent nods from his brother. I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's not surprising as someone who's, like, dying to think about things like that. Because he had cancer. Yeah, he knew he, he probably was, knew he was yeah. gonna die, you know, and but, feel like that would be something that you think, like, how, you know. But also,
0: how would this guy know that? Oh,
1: that's true. Yeah, I, like, how is he connected to Disney at all? This Elliot guy. I don't know. Um, didn't go that
0: deep. So, (laughs) Mosley's Disney's World is also really long on rumor and short on facts, according to this article. Um, the book has been described as poorly researched and filled with inaccuracies.
1: (laughs) Um, Sounds like most of my papers I (laughs) really Yep.
0: So, um, so the same critique said, um... One of its central themes, for example, is Disney's fascination with cryogenesis and the strong suggestion that his body was frozen following his death. It paints a picture of an anxious, anxious, how do you say that word? Anxious? I I don't see what word you're looking at. Anxious. The word anxious. Anxious? Anxious. I don't know how to say it. Anxious. (laughs) Yeah. Saying it makes me anxious. Okay. It painted a picture of an anxious Walt Disney desperately searching for a way to spring back to life in order to prevent or correct the horrible mistakes his followers were bound to make and turning his Epcot dream into reality, which, like, I can kind of see it. He seems like a man that likes to pay attention to detail and is worried about other I people doing his I definitely think he,
1: like, micromanaged oh, a he, little bit. Oh, I
0: for sure could see that. Yeah. So it said, the chief problem that troubled Walt was the length of time it might take the doctors to perfect the process. How long would it be before the surgical experts could bring a treated cadaver back to working life? Oh, God. To be brutally practical, could it be guaranteed, in fact, that he could be brought back in time to rectify the mistakes his successors would almost certainly start making? Making it Epcot the moment he was dead, like implementing the Food and Wine Festival where adults just go and get drunk and go on Disney rides and make mess and throw up. That was <laughs> I've not. Never a seen anyone quote. throw up. No, Disney. yeah, you're right. Actually, There's I not saw about- a
1: little baby do it. Actually, it was <laughs> sad, and then he started a- eating. <laughs> <laughs> it was so gross. Um, Why would you say that? I don't know. actually, but like it's like weird. Like everyone at. Everyone, at least on that Disney Facebook page I was talking about, is like, what would Walt think about this? Do they really? Yeah, like when they announced that they were going to change Splash Mountain to A Princess and the Frog, everyone was like, what would Walt think? I don't know if Walt would approve. Like W W W D. Yeah, and like there's some new ride opening that opened in Hollywood Studios. That was it's kind of like all the like um, Mickey animations. It's actually really cute, and everyone was like, "Oh, Walt would love this. This is such a Walt ride." And I'm like. I oh don't. I mean, I guess like this was obvious. I mean, it was obviously his idea, but it's like he's not around to be like, "Yes, I approve." Also, like, stop. Like, y'all don't know Walt. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: well, that's something Walt would say. Walt yeah. would love this. Yeah, I know, and Shut I'm just up. like,
1: Walt's dead. Uh, yeah, and he's not coming back. I think people on that page, I'm telling you. Oh, Disney it's Endlessly worst. entertaining. It's right, so. i got to join it. You should invite me. You can.
0: Okay. Cool. Um. I don't know if I I I only. (laughs) What what would Walt say to that, Callie? That's disgusting. I don't know if I could pass for a Disney adult. I'm pretty, like, laid back and cool, so... I don't know if I could really pull it off. (laughs) Anyway. Hmm. Okay, sorry. I can't remember where I left off. So, Mosley's book is filled with um, repeated claims that Walt Disney grew increasingly interested in cryonics as his health waned in the late 1966. Um, Such is a paragraph that reads, It was about this time that Walt Disney became acquainted with the experiments into the process known as cryogenesis, or what one newspaper termed, the freeze drying of the human cadaver after death for eventual resuscitation. Um, Mostly statements regarding Disney's belief in the feasibility of cryonics are somewhat difficult to take seriously, given that his book includes such ludicrously erroneous Um, statements... You can tell these are my own words, clearly. (laughs) 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 Ludicrously erroneous. So, one of the things he said in his book was, the surgeons had taken away his diseased lung to examine it, and then were going to preserve it. Walt was pleased when he heard that. He knew enough about cryogenesis by now to be aware that it was important to hold on to all the organs, just in case the surgeons needed to treat them before putting them back where they belonged. Oh my god. Um, But... That's impossible, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, Mosley did not provide any sources for these statements um, other than to assert that Disney's closest colleagues and advisors were confident that that Walt Disney eventually became convinced of cryogenesis as a viable medical process and was persuaded that, even in 1966, it was possible for a human being to have himself brought back to life after death. They was dumb, and this guy was lying. Um, So, in fact, these close colleagues of Disney's turned out to be a few employees on the periphery of the Disney organization who had never spoken to Walt about cryonics, and were merely repeating the same decades-old rumor for Mosley's benefit. On the other hand, someone much closer to Walt Disney, his daughter Diane, wrote in 1972, There is absolutely no truth to the rumor that my father Walt Disney wished to be frozen. I doubt that my father had ever even heard of cryonics.
1: I think it's so funny that those Disney employees were like, oh yeah, let me give you the inside scoop. Yeah. And they were just like messing with My him. best
0: friend, Walt, <laughs> who I never spoke to. <laughs> it's like the intern of like the company, the giant Fortune 500 yeah. company is like, yeah, the CEO and I over lunch were gossiping the other day. Yeah, it's like you've exactly. never met him.
1: <laughs> the mailroom guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that.
0: Oh, that's and It's still me. And so, um, yeah, so some more ways to discredit this. Again, Disney's daughter said, not true. Um, hmm. So, the existent, so the signed legal documents that indicate Disney was cremated and that his remains are interred in a marked plot were discovered. So, Disney was a very private man. Um, so the fact that, like, we don't know where exactly he's buried or where he was cremated, um, isn't that surprising because he was super private. Um, and Walt Disney publicly stated ten years before his death that he wished not to have a funeral. So, wait, did he not have a funeral?
1: I don't think he wanted, like, a public funeral. I think oh. they had a funeral for his family.
0: Okay. So, With that makes family. sense. Yeah. Um, Disney's family members have confirmed that the cremate- cremation was Walt's wish. Disney's death certificate shows that he was cremated two days after his death. The name, license number, and signature of the embalmer appearing On the death certificate are those of a real embalmer who was employed at the Forest Lawn Mortuary at the time. And a marked burial plot for Walt Disney and other family members can be found at the Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. (laughs) California. The logical resting grounds for someone whose cremation was handled by Forest Lawn's mortuary. And court papers indicate that the Disney estate paid $40,000 to
1: Forest Lawn for internment property.
0: Or to forge the documents to show that he was cremated, <laughs> yeah. in my
1: opinion. Like, I don't... Why would he keep it a secret? Because if he actually did this, people were going to find out once he got back to life, technically, if he ever did.
0: Yeah, they'd be like, Oh my god, wait, is that Walt Disney walking yeah. around? He! They'd be so.
1: like, yeah, bitches, I'm alive. I uh, don't know. This doesn't seem... seem very Walt to me, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is not very Walt. Yeah. Um, Walt would never do this. Um... Because I know him. Yeah. So I think there's like a 2%, I think there's like a 1% chance it's true. The fact that cryo- cryonics and cryogenics is a real thing makes me think that it's a possibility. But the, but like in
1: the 60s... Honestly, the cryonics part of this conspiracy was my favorite part because I love... I thought it was I so interesting believe to believe about it. I can't believe people do that. I can't believe there's a difference between legally dead and totally dead. Yeah. That's
0: like how you in The Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah, where he's like... I don't remember the phrasing, but he's only like half dead or all the way yeah. dead or whatever.
1: Oh, that's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, Walt Wood. Love that movie. Yeah. Um, but to, to me, it seems like what I said at the beginning that in an article, a Disney executive attributed to a group of disgruntled animators, like trying to make a laugh. Oh yeah. So I bet they were just like, haha. let's like say this. And yeah. then it gained traction. And now everyone was like, you know, thinks it's true. Or but I everyone, but.
0: think it's really fun to say that Disney's cryogenically frozen head lies beneath the Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) ride. I think that's so fun. So I'm going to
1: say it's true. Yeah. If she was under the Haunted Mansion ride, that would be (gasps) even spookier. (gasps) But it was interesting to learn about this. Sure was, Kelly. glad we did this. Eh, what about you? I wish we hadn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think this was a huge waste of time and I wish I could get the last hour of my life back. You're just
1: lucky to be in my childhood bedroom. I've seen better. You're rude. <laughs> okay, well, well. What's happened? If <laughs> these walls could talk. <laughs> I feel like
0: Kelly spent hours alone in her room every night, wishing she had more friends reading the Harry Potter That's and wishing so that true. Hermione and Ron were sitting next to her doing homework. Like waving her wand and saying, Give me friends, give me friends. Make me a wizard. Stop.
1: Kelly's like, how does she know? <laughs> she was here. <laughs> No, I didn't do that. I did read a lot of Harry Potter in this room.
0: Um, yeah, she's got lots of Harry Potter memorabilia. She's got a golden snitch, some round sunglasses, some birdie-bots, every-flavored beans. I have a Hedwig over there. A Hedwig. She's got the big, like, movie book. That was a birthday gift. So were the birdie-bots,
1: every-flavored beans.
0: She's got the whole Twilight series and about. the Click. I love the Click books. <laughs> so toxic
1: i didn't realize what toxic was when i was like in the seventh you were like i wish i was part of the clique yeah exactly
0: (laughs) okay don't tell me
1: you were woke when you were in the seventh grade come Mm -hmm. on
0: i was like these books are so bad for my mental health i'm not (laughs) reading
1: (laughs) them. maybe that's why i have such bad mental health From, oh my gosh. That's where my materialism <laughs> started. I need to talk to my therapist about this. <laughs> and of course, one of the girls in it, like, that, they hated her, and she was from Kissimmee, which is like Orlando. So I'm like, I'm the lame girl they would hate if I joined the clique. She was from like, Kissimmee?
0: That's so random.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway. anyway, that's our podcast. <laughs> like us on
0: Instagram at Engage with Kelly and Savannah. Email us your... Um,
1: critical, constructive criticism. Or any podcast ideas or just a fun anecdote that you would like us to read on the podcast. Or just like just like say hi. Say if you want to hang. I'm available. Yeah, she still has no friends. It's really pathetic. Um,
0: and neither do I. So anyway, anyway. Uh, email is at
1: gmail.com. Make sure to um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen and give us a five star review. Honestly, anything more than a one-star review will up our, like, stars. I, no. No, it will not. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, we need a five-star review. <laughs> so give us a five-star review. Nothing less than
0: five stars.
1: Um, and if you don't want to give us a five-star review but would like to give us some criticism, please email us. I would
0: encourage you to write a handwritten note
1: <laughs> and then burn it because we don't want to hear it. Yeah, so you can get all that negative energy out without, you totally know, making us cry. Yeah, exactly. So, so. please don't bother. Anyway, um, mm. thanks for listening. And if you do listen, we love you. And if you don't, we hate you. But <laughs> you never, won't know. You'll <laughs> never know. Okay. Um, uh, so um, <laughs> um, remember to um, no, try that try, try one. On. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye.